1: Welcome to the Geek yes. my name is Joseph. My pronouns are he, him. Hello, I'm
0: Kayla,
2: and my pronouns are she, her.
1: I'm Will, he, him.
2: I am Kristen, she, her.
3: I'm Jacob, he, him. Welcome to Hi the Geek guys! Series. Hello. So
1: our our guests today come uh, recommended to us from friend of the show Mary over at Attic Door Media. So,
2: Yay. hi Mary, and uh, we, love you, Mary.
4: I, I, we love you,
1: Mary. We and love you, Mary. We love Mary. I feel remiss that uh, we we took a couple weeks off to uh, get over having had COVID recently, uh, and I feel terrible. Because we have not, uh, we haven't had really a chance to talk about uh, incident report issue two uh, being uh, up on Kickstarter, um, and for fans of the show, they'll remember that our very first ever guest was Mark from, uh, from Attic Door Media as we were uh, promoting the first Kickstarter. So, uh,
2: oh, that's so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then we've had CC on, and then we had the one day we had Mark, Mary. We, no, we didn't have Sip, Sipin. Had his own show. We had Mark and Mary on, and then we the, then we we talked with Sipin. So we've had all, all of that. Of them. Tour. That's
0: so, so cool!
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, great they're people, great. and
0: they have shuttled great people to us. So we are very appreciative.
2: Yeah. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much. We're so I'm excited to be here. I guess I shouldn't speak for Jacob. But I... <laughs>
3: oh, I was just gonna say that we're gonna break the storied tradition of bringing great people.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> uh
3: just
1: by the just by the act of you you both uh, uh, co-authoring a book, I, I think you you've already landed yourself in The great people category. So, oh, thank uh, you. (laughs) Not many folks. Not many folks get it done these days. So let's uh, let's celebrate those who
3: do.
0: Yep, I've been trying for years and haven't been able to do it yet. So kudos to you guys, and we want to hear all about it.
3: Yeah, it helps to hitch yourself to someone who does most of the work. So that's why i on.
0: (laughs) Was that the key? That's what I'm doing wrong.
2: Uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I, he, you're just so funny, because I, Jacob, I feel like it's implying that I do most of the work, whereas, like, I just play, like, he's, uh, not to jump, like, right into it, but I feel like he does the hard work, and he does all the stuff that I don't want to do, and then I just get to go play, um, and that's how the book got written, or is getting written, so... <laughs> doesn't okay, even really notes.
0: feel like work. That's very cool. No, I mean, partnerships are made of all sorts of balances and things like that. So hey, man, if he gets it done, that's what right. works. Note to self, find someone to do the hard work. That
1: right? I was <laughs> waiting so, for so- to keep going. I thought that's what Joe did.
0: <laughs> yes, that's what, you, that's what you do. It's your job. Um, but not when it comes to my book. But anyway, um, so so what? How did how did you two meet? How did this happen? How did the 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 great dynamic duo happen?
2: Well, so Jacob and I have been friends since. Uh, well, he was he constantly reminds me that he was leaving high school. I we're about four years apart, so uh, I was just getting into high school. So I was a freshman, and he was graduating senior. Um, and, but we met at a church. We were going to the same church um, because of a mutual friend, brought him to the church that I was going to. And um, so we just, we like, I remember I, my first memory of them was them standing in a circle, just a group of guys standing in a circle, debating about Star Wars. And I was oh. this lonely little girl in a corner with my little notebook, writing angsty poetry. And I didn't have any friends. And then I heard them talking about Star Wars. And I was like, I can talk to people about Star Wars. And they said, I remember they insulted. I think they were just insulting one of my favorite characters. And I was like, well, I cannot stand for this. And so I marched up to them and just injected myself into the conversation. And I think ever since then, we've been friends. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> totally. That's, that's, that's,
0: that's, you must defend here? your Star Wars loves.
1: And and who was who was being insulted just
2: Qui-Gon. They were making fun of Qui-Gon for going down to Darth Maul because I think episode one had just come out. And I was like, you can't. Well, no, it hadn't just come out. We were in high school. Um, But uh, they they were. Yeah, they were definitely making fun of Qui-Gon for having gone down to Darth Maul. And I was I had already read the novelization and was reading the or had already read all of the Jedi Apprentice books. And I was like, no, 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 no. There, there is a reason he went down. It explains it very clearly in the novelization. I'm sorry that you didn't understand. like You didn't absorb all of this in the movie version, but look here. Well done. Yeah. And then we just, I don't think the conversation has ever really stopped.
0: Yeah, we're kind of like that too. All of us never stop talking about either Star Trek or Star Wars, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So that's how we met. Um, and then uh, Jacob and I have gotten closer over the years. Um, he he runs d- D&D games. Um, and so I started playing at his table once I w- graduated high school because while I was living at home, I was not allowed to play D&D. Um, and so as Aww. soon as I was off to college, I was like, well, I, unfortunately, my parents drank the whole like. D is evil kool-aid and i love my parents and i know they were just trying to protect me but like the the material that they were consuming i was just like that, that's questionable um yeah, so i started literally. playing DD. wait go ahead jacob
3: probably those chick tracks <laughs> <laughs>
2: blackleaf no <laughs> Um, so I started playing D&D. He w- is still my favorite dungeon master of all times. And we, uh, we're, we're still playing D&D together. And that's actually kind of how we got to around to this book. Um, we started a campaign with Mary actually, um, oh. and one other person and that campaign fizzled out pretty quickly. We're just scheduling. We couldn't, we couldn't get a, the, the session scheduled anymore. Um, but that character that I started in that campaign, I was like, Hey, i'm actually really getting into her backstory and this character i was like can we can we please try to keep going we'll find new players and he was like yeah okay i guess
5: <laughs> so, so you, and, um, had, you, you fell to to a problem that no other D group has ever come into contact with
2: never ah, i know scheduling issues never uh, oh, oh man jacob wait can we share memes i know <laughs> I know we can't share memes with uh the 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 listeners, but he sent me this amazing meme well, he sent it to our d and d group actually or in our discord um and it was uh, a meme with uh, did have you guys seen sandman yes yeah, so it's the uh it's the duel uh the face off between Morpheus and uh Lucifer. And he says, you know, I am the DM, life creating, world creating. And then Lucifer says, I am scheduling. And it's and then oh. it's him like all cold at the end of the end of the universe. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's the best I love that.
0: Yeah. That's Fantastic. totally a
2: good point. <laughs> Jacob shares no. the best memes. He has the- please share it with us meme. and
3: we'll, we'll post it on Twitter. Hell yeah! Oh, hey, yeah, uh, that that campaign fizzling out was probably my first campaign or group that did fizzle out because of scheduling. Because I only ever played with our core group of friends growing up, and the scheduling was very easy because we all basically saw
2: each other every night. Oh wow! Yeah, those were like the six to nine hour D anD D sessions at oh, Jacob's yeah. house. Yeah, oh. with pizza and. Oh yeah! God, mm-hmm. I miss
0: those.
2: Right? We I thought
1: yesterday actually the uh, you know they arrive at three in the afternoon, stop for sometime something to eat around six, keep going until midnight. Yep. Yep.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. We, uh, definitely we miss
0: did. those
3: days. We had something called Gunther Fest, which was a a forty eight hour uh, marathon of games, uh, including D anD D. Usually we'd start on like a Friday and then. Uh, ended on Sundays, bunch of pizza and soda and whatnot.
1: That's amazing. Sure. Ryan always wanted, always was trying to get us to do that. And there was just, I think, so a buddy of mine who's also my favorite DM ever, um, he moved to Columbia for, for about a decade. Oh, wow. And he, and he used to try to, he's like, oh, come on down. We'll just, you know, <laughs> things so cheap you know food so cheap whatever and we can just like just sit around and play D&D the whole week and I was like uh, I'm not gonna fly to a whole other continent to sit inside a <laughs> apartment or rent it so he was gonna he was going he was like oh we could rent a uh, a finca which is uh, like a country house he's like oh we could rent a finca and that- I was just like I'm not gonna travel to another continent rent a house so we could sit inside and play <laughs> D&D all day <laughs>
0: the whole weekend that if you pay me enough I might
2: right (laughs) all expenses paid right then I'll do it hey Joe that's the
5: thing you could you could absolutely say hey hire me to run your game um I'll go there you go yeah (laughs) there you
0: go so you guys met we're gonna know about that Uh, so you guys met in high school and, and formed this fast friendship and started to play D and D together. And you said mm-hmm. that this is how this is how the book, the story for the book, came about.
2: Well, yeah. So the the campaign that Mary jumped in on, uh, and that character that I was playing, um, I started to get really into her backstory once COVID hit because I'm a performing artist, and so I love, um, you know, getting cast in new roles and then doing all of the character development within those roles. Um, and once COVID hit, live performing was not happening um, yeah. at all. And so I was missing that very, like, very, very deeply. Um, and uh, I had another opera singer friend who was getting into D&D as well. And she was talking about how she was getting all into her character's backstory. And so I was like, ooh, maybe that's something that I can do. So I just started to flesh out my character's backstory uh, like crazy. Like, uh, there was an just all the memes, all the memes. There's this, like, you, you see, like, war and peace tome uh, mm-hmm. amount of writing. It's like, okay, one character's backstory, and then you get, like, three pages worth of DM notes. Um, they they have definitely sent that, that meme to me um, <laughs> because I just, I, I kind of went crazy. I just started fleshing out my character. Uh, she's a half-elf, so, you know, I asked myself the question, okay, so how did her parents meet? Um, and then the world kind of started to spread from there. Um, I kept asking Jacob questions and he kept giving me answers and I was like, okay, great. And then I would just go back to writing. Um, and that's, that's, that's where it started. Um, and you know, a couple of years ago, we, my husband looked over my shoulder at my laptop and he was like, those look like chapters. And I was Yay. like, what? what? <laughs> Cause I had grown up in high school, you know, I, I was a straight A student, but I hated writing. I hated formal writing. Um, And I hated my writing classes. I hated my English classes. They just felt so hard and the rules felt so arbitrary. And I was like, I'll never be an author. Writing is just not my thing. And over the last decade or so, I have come to discover that I'm very good at writing. I love writing as long as I feel like I get to write in my voice. Um, And uh, so I just kind of let myself do that during COVID. And then at some point I was like, hey, Jacob, will will you write this with me? Because he was always writing it with me anyway, but I was like, do we want to can, can we do this together? Let's do this together. Um, and thankfully he said, yes, because, like I said, there are things about book writing that I feel should be done, and I don't want to do them. But Jacob thinks they're fun. And so I'm like, please do them for me so that I don't have to. That's um, amazing. And likewise, and likewise, there are things that he does not want to do yeah. and that make no sense to him, and I think they're fun. And so he's like, please don't make me do this. I was like, oh, no, you weren't going to get to do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah, that's that's basically where it started. It started from a D&D campaign. I was just uh, on a con- consultation with a, a professional writer. Um, and he was like, you know, D&D campaigns don't always make the best novels because, you know, they're not the same sort of storytelling. Um, uh, and I, I was like, I totally agree. Jacob and I mm-hmm. have both read the annotated uh Dragonlance Chronicles um also written by co-authors um and those have been that that was just such a h- helpful reference point um which i adored those books and i'm so glad that jacob like i think he just one day the book showed up on my doorstep and he was like here you go <laughs> that's outstanding
0: <laughs>
1: Jake, that's a geek point
0: yeah totally book delivery that's that is a geeky thing to do i tell you what
2: <laughs> so yeah, that's that's basically it. Very cool.
3: Now, if I don't do my part of the job, I get, you know, the old ankle shackles and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like trouble. Oh, <laughs> well, at
4: least
5: at least she's not standing over you with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh.
3: Or oh, I'm sorry, the, uh... did I just give her ideas? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just worry that she's gonna watch misery one day. <laughs> oh, God.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> oh, look, okay, I know what misery is about, and that's awful. And there's a reason I don't read Stephen King, except for the Dark Tower. I adore the Dark Tower series, but I cannot read Stephen King aside from that because it's miserable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, geek point for being a Dark Tower pan- fan, for damn sure. <laughs> um,. I, I, I understand that sentiment. I, I I've read quite a bit of Stephen King. i I, I often say that I talk like Stephen King writes. Uh, oh, I, tend to, I tend to go off on tangents and then eventually find oh, yes. what <laughs> out point I was trying to make. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love Stephen King. He's a phenomenal writer, and we both just read his book on writing and it it just it's so good um like there are there are things about our writing process that i'm noticing are already very different from his writing process um and this other author that i'm consulting with um he he tends to be like they they call him like plotters and pantsers mm. and so stephen king is a panther, and this other author that i'm working with is his name is maxwell drake a phenomenal author um he is a plotter and so they're both kind of on the opposite and it's it's it's, it's neat to see kind of where jacob and i fall on the spectrum as well, because uh, we, you know, throughout this process, Jacob has recognized like, well, as a DM, he's he's a pantser, like, for sure.
3: Mm-hmm. The upper <laughs> and, term is discovery writer. All
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> and as an author, me for sure, I am for sure a plotter. Like the other thing is though, and this is something that I appreciate about the, the author that I'm consulting with, uh, Drake, is that he talks about plotting? Yes, but um, once you actually start writing the novel, all bets are off. Like if you start to notice that, I like to think of him as like splitting time streams. Like like I loved the visual we got from the Loki show, right mm. when there was that sacred timeline, but then just like the little splinters would come off and they would form. That's kind of how I think about writing sometimes because. Um, that there will be a nexus point where like a character can make a couple of different decisions, kind of like in a video game. Um, But it just completely changes the scene or like how, how things will play out. Um, And so what they talk about or what Drake talks about in plotting is like, even though you've got it all planned, if then while you're writing it, you discover that something different happens, that's fine. Then something different happens. And then you just continue to plan but now you, you adjust everything for that difference. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting when you're writing, no matter how much you think, you know, where you want the story to go. Sometimes the story says, no, we're going to go in this other direction and it just makes more sense and you have to flow with it. Yep.
2: Yep. And that's something that I pulled from, or I, I resonate with a lot that Stephen King uh, says, um, well, you know, it shows up in the Dark Tower series, but I, Jacob was helping me, trying to help me find this quote. But he talks about how um, authors are are conduits, right? We're discovering worlds and we're discovering stories. We don't create this stuff. This exists somewhere, and that we are the conduit for writing it down. That's very much how I feel. Um, I don't, I don't really feel like I'm making this stuff up. I just it's like, no, I'm. This is, I don't know, there's a world out there called Urda and we're just writing down the stories.
0: Mm-hmm. You're just channeling it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I've heard just about every author that I, I have read and admire say something to that effect. Yeah. That that good stories, they, they just come to you. you. You just channel them. And I think that's really kind of beautiful and interesting and fun. Mm hmm. So, so what is the plan? You've got this book. Where are we going? What are we doing?
4: Um.
3: Well, she, well so she's the plotter. So go ahead. I guess have plan. <laughs> I'm just doing things as they come up day to day.
2: Well, mostly because I'm like, hey, we need to do this. Can you do it? And he was like, sure. <laughs> um. So the plan is, well, originally we were writing this as one book. Um, and th- we got to the end of act two of b- th- what we thought was the one book and Jacob took a look at the word count and he was like, this is its own book. And oh I was starting to get that sense as well that uh, and the, the consultation that I just did, um, he was like, well, you have to make sure the word count is irrelevant. It Does it have a beginning, a middle and an end? And I was like, yes, like uh, all three acts have a beginning, middle and an end. Um, there's just, there's just too much content there for one book, in my opinion. And, um, so now we're doing the work to, uh, uh, well, we're finishing book three, um, and we need to go back and expand book one. And so right now the plan is what we're doing is we're actually releasing the chapters for free on our website, um, that anybody can just go read. They're also on Wattpad, um, because I really like the comment system on Wattpad, um, And uh, uh, so we're releasing the chapters and anybody can go read them and tell us, you know, what do you like? What do you not like? What do you want to see more of? um, What do you want to see less of? um, Where do you want us to expand? Because like, we've got our ideas. We know what we want to flesh out in the world. Um, But, you know, part of it is just like, you know, what do people, what do people want to see? Um, And then it'll be interesting exploring those, again, kind of those twists in the timeline in books two and three as well. So right now, everything is very much in the, like, kind of the, I say first draft, but really, we've already done so many revisions and rewrites. Um, But it still feels like first draft. Uh,
0: That's, that's. I mean, I think that there's a difference between, and I wish there was better language, and I don't know it, maybe there is, but I wish that there was a difference between, like, what I call the shitty first draft where you're just, like, getting it out onto the page. It doesn't, like, it might not even be in the right order, and, like, scenes are out of order, and things are weird, but you're just getting it out. And then when you get it to where it's cohesive, but it's still, like you said, still feels like a first draft.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's about where we're at. So we're probably uh-huh. in some sort, of, some sort of midway point. I'm
3: um, going that the <laughs> primordial ooze phase of writing.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like
2: that. That's good.
0: That's a good one. I, I can imagine that Um, I didn't, uh, that's really interesting to me that the, uh, that there's some place where you can kind of post and get feedback is early feedback is so incredibly important. You can't create in a vacuum. No one can, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, um, exactly
0: so that's that's really cool that's important to be able to do and i imagine that like your friends get tired of you like because that's that's where i'm at is like all right and be like what do you think of this what do you think yep Yep.
2: (laughs) give me feedback please what do you think (laughs) pay attention to me (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm at the point where i don't even care if somebody says oh i don't like this i don't like this it's like thank you feedback is feedback (laughs) Mm mm-hmm
0: Yeah, at least at least you know that it's being consumed, um, and and that it's having an impact. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Um, so so no specific plans as to exactly when all of this is going to come out yet. You're still developing.
2: That was was the original question. We don't have a publishing date. Um, we decided. So originally, since this came from D and D, um, one of our first plans, a preliminary plan, was to write the book. And then pitch it to Wizards and see if we could get the license, um, because we have lots, uh, or had, we had lots of aberrations in there. Um, illithid. Uh, mm-hmm. we, the 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 book started with a fight <laughs> with a brain eater. Or, wait, what is it called? Intellect devourer. Nope, it's not the intellect devourer. It's much worse.
1: The mind the brain flare? Brain,
2: brain brain collector. Brain collector. Oh, ooh. <laughs> Brain collector. Yeah. Yeah. But we had to, to, so here, here's the thing. The 3.5 version would have murdered that party. And so we had to go back and find like the second edition version. And then like the first edition, version. (laughs) 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 we had to find a version that would not murder the party because the party is like level five when they fight it. And so the 3.5 version is like an epic level fight. Like, mm-hmm. to the point where I'm looking at that stat block, and I'm like, how does anything beat that? Anything. Like, I now, I never got to play Epic in 3.5. But, uh, and I know Jacob, ja- Jacob did. And so I'm sure he has, like, five ways uh, that you can beat uh, <laughs> a brain well, collector. The
3: DM, so I just get to choose what happens to
4: it.
2: That's true. <laughs> um but so, yeah, at first uh, we were going to we were going to do it all in, uh, you know, D&D setting. Uh, but then we already had some changes uh, that we had wanted to make um, little adjustments, uh, maybe to the magic system or oh we want to change this. or We want to make little changes. And then we got to the point where it's just like, let's actually let's just we're going to move away from D&D completely. And uh, we're not going to go for the license. So Jacob is phenomenal at creating homebrew monsters. And so that's what we've been doing. We just, he, we went through and redesigned all of those fights, all of the encounters um, and uh, just uh, making even more adjustments, adjustments to like the magic systems and stuff like very detailed. Um, so, Oh, sorry Sorry. to answer the question. No, we don't have a publishing date yet because now we're looking at self-publishing. We're moving away from going for the license. So we just need to make sure that all of that, uh, the, all of the copyrighted stuff is out. Everything is kosher. Um, and, uh, yeah, we don't even, we don't even have, like, I have an editor lined up, but it's not even, it's not even with an editor yet.
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
2: Which is part of why we're releasing the first chapters for free on the website. Cause we just, we, we want to start talking to people about this world and sharing the story and uh, also get their input. Like, Hey, what do you want to see in this book? Y- y- your idea might make it into the the published version.
0: That is, that is super cool. Engaging. Yeah. I mean, you've got this incredible community already at your fingertips. The D D community has gotten so huge yeah. over the past few years. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, as someone that world builds myself, um, it's interesting because as much as it is cool to be able to take what Wizards of the Coast has provided and create a story, um, and what we, of course, all is, as DMs and players have done that, um, but I think there's something really special in being able to take that concept and and create something that is your own. Um, mm-hmm. and And the things that come out of that uh, just like we talk about you know when we write stories we're channeling we don't even expect or or almost uh in my experience uh realize until you start creating things of your own how special they become and how yeah. interesting they become along the way yeah um so i imagine that that process and if you if you want jacob since uh you have been doing that if you want to talk to us a little bit about that process and the things that you might have discovered on the way, we'd be very interested to hear.
3: Oh, now I need to talk for a while. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! No. Uh, it's, it, so I've been running Dungeons and Dragons since I was you know eleven, twelve years old in junior high, and there was no one that introduced me to the game as like uh, you know an older player or you know this is how you play. My brother mentioned it to me and got me the, the books, and then I read them and, and just started doing what I could. And, you know, that back then it wasn't really internet that you could go to and, uh, you know, find tips or uh, learn what to do. So it became a more organic process of rather than finding these settings and then trying to work these games, and I just had to make up everything, and it became very improvisational. So my process is very uh it's not planned at all i'm not a plotter it's discovery and i I come up with things based off of um, what's happening in the moment in in the game and then that will make its way into the book information the background and i think that for the most part what i find is that when I say this? So, I look for strangeness mostly, and that's what I like to to play with is odd, uh, just the oddities. Kristen will come and ask me some question about the the world, and I'm like, "Well, what do you want to do?" And she, well, you're the DM, I'm like, oh, f- this is your question. Like, this is the point <coughs> that you, that you're writing. So, what's what's going on? I, I need some background information myself before I just make an executive decision on on what's going on." So it's not you know I don't sit down and and, and uh, sketch out these things, but instead um, it just comes naturally. I guess I guess that that goes back to the Stephen King quote. It, it kind of just flows out at random times, and I just have to be careful to write it all down before it goes away.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about when you're designing a monster though? Because you design well, monsters regularly.
3: Yeah, and do you remember the the Harvester conversation and? Uh, we needed to we need to to swap out the illithids, the mind flayers, because copyright. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, what can what can uh, we swap out that's different but has the same sort of vibe? And I didn't plan it out, and it was just a quick question from that. These uh, creatures that they have some similarities, and uh, they're called harvesters because they take the the bodies of. Humanoids and they'll remove limbs and or not limbs they'll remove organs and fit new things in that were more um, uh, what is it more to their design and and they have this strange uh, tentacle appendage that attaches the neck to give them their thralls and they eat where they they eat babies because they're delicious but <laughs> none of that was like I didn't sit out and sit down and uh, you know think about that it just sort of came out that night when we from that one question there's some other things too but it's uh you know off the top of my head i don't want to go back to those notes that was a while ago
2: the harvesters <laughs> are truly horrifying and when he finished like he s- finished sending me that and i was like did you like did you just come up with that he was like yeah, yeah. uh what <laughs> like <laughs> how how also gross <laughs> yeah. like, I hate those creatures. Like they're so gross. Um, and they could they come up a couple of times, and it's just like, oh my god, what? Wow. How how do you do that? Um, so I think wow. like for anybody who might be, I think something that has helped us work very well is that Jacob is very good. Or I ask questions, and I'm very good at asking questions, and I keep asking questions. Jacob is very good at answering questions since he works really well on improv and and like off the cuff and that's kind of help what helps spur his creativity um and but yeah i think i think that's that might be part of why this partnership works or one of the aspects of something that helps
0: that's that is super cool that's that's kind of what i was thinking about is like the whole um creating monsters and whatnot and creating new monsters and you know how that that process comes about and it's interesting because you are like taking from because you had already the D thing you're already taking from that and kind of uh you know flipping them twisting them around a little bit and stuff like that has have you created any new like not things that have nothing to do with uh with D monsters
3: oh sure um let's see the Oh gosh, uh, yeah. The harvester example—that was just because of that one question. And, and like Kristen said, we want to swap out the things that are copyrighted, make mm-hmm. sure that we have something more unique. But um, with aberrants, it's aberrations. You know, because they're they're strange, you get to play a lot with them. And so, um, one thing that that we have, and this isn't as fleshed out because it was sort of a side thing for for another character over a, a play by post, but. There's this creature out in uh, what we call the wastes that um, it's after uh, body parts, but it doesn't matter what they are. It's just wanting to incorporate things into its own form. So uh, when it was encountered by, this, uh, by the character, it was asking for fingernails. And that's Ooh. all I'm saying. It was have this uh, strange, because um, it doesn't have the, the proper um, anatomy yet to, and, uh, to both formulate sentences, but then to convey them. So it's just asking for fingernails. And, uh, you know, looking at the three creature, you see it doesn't really have any yet. So um, it has eyes on, on stocks. And so this creature is basically just an absorbing thing that's out there um, trying to find other uh, living creatures and take them into its form.
0: Wow. Okay, if I ever need advice on writing horror, I'm coming to you. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh,
3: we didn't get to uh, the, the the bad part of the harvesters, which is the reason they keep thralls and why
4: the uh,
2: uh yeah, baby yeah, delicacy. Um,
4: like, yeah.
2: That's okay. We'll get to that in book two. <laughs> yeah. Hey, foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oof! Goodness gracious. I thought yeah. I was scared of the Borg. Jeez. Right.
2: <laughs> I think I think you get a gig point for that. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> See? Are I, I they are I
0: don't scare easily I really really don't and they are probably one of the the very few creatures that just terrify me yeah and I think it's them and the um oh my God their name just fell out of my head help me Voyager the ones that steal organs because they're the they v- have the v- good- v- thank you the Vidians um sometimes words just fall out of my head um, yep. <laughs> but with listening to you talk it it kind of hit with me that like it's all that same sort of like body thief, body stealing, body parts stealing type of thing that is so visceral when you bring that into a story um, mm-hmm. that's oof. this he said fingernails and like my whole body got goosebumps so it's just like mm, yeah <laughs> so so geek point for the horror there that yeah. that that's that's some that's some scary shit right
2: yeah and some of those elements are in the book they're not from me they're all those are you can thank or blame jacob for those because i don't do horror <laughs> ah, that- emotional anguish that's me that's me ah. Ah. <laughs> but horror that that's jacob I, I have
0: uh, I have a friend who's who's a writer who I will occasionally write something and send it to him and go tell
2: me if this is too fucked up. <laughs> I yeah I yeah I don't know if there is such a thing like like uh, my the the gal that we've got lined up uh, to be our editor when the time comes she she talks about making your characters bleed on the page which sounds dramatic but it's it's true like that's what and and i can also see that true as me as a reader like i i want to see the struggle i want to see their i w- i kind of want to feel what they're feeling and i want also you know then you get to you know feel the payoff at the end as well um right there's no story I, without conflict yeah 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 and there's something about that ringing uh w r i n g i n g uh that is just always, has always been so attractive to me which i think like helped me as an actor um because i definitely didn't shy away from that and i definitely don't shy away from it as an author either and i yeah. I think some some writers do they just aren't willing to put their characters through terrible things because they love them and i do love my characters <laughs> um but that doesn't mean terrible things don't happen to them <laughs>
0: That is that is a hard thing as an author. And I, if you want to elaborate on that, um, it it is tough when you create a character, um, especially mm. when you do it through that kind of uh, lens of D&D where you're really, mm-hmm. really giving that character so much depth and then having to hurt them.
2: Mm-hmm. Talk to um, me about that process. For me, because be- I think... Maybe my perspective as an actor helps me with this, but I, there's they're, they're always going somewhere. All of the pain and suffering and hardship, it's, it always teaches them something. There's something to learn. There's something, something good that will come out of it, even if that's nowhere near in sight. There's no light at the end of the tunnel for them in that moment, but me as a, an author, a, a player... Um, I I can see that because I've, I've kind of sketched out like the character I'm currently playing Um, there. There's some shit she's struggling with right now. And like, I know where she's going. Um, She doesn't like, she, she, she feels like she's banging her head against the wall and it's awful. And she feels very stuck. Um, And uh, what was, I'm trying to remember what the, the question was like how like how do we let it happen <laughs> like,
0: talk talk to me about that process of like having to hurt your characters and 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 all of that like that's that i know that that's a very uh personal thing
2: yeah so uh, it kind of goes back to that feeling like i it um f- feeling like i'm not making it happen i'm just discovering that this is what happens Right. So like the kind of the whole story. Right. I don't feel like I'm making this stuff up. I feel like I'm discovering it. And okay. sometimes that means you're discovering this terrible thing happens to these characters. And, and, and it is my responsibility as an author to record these events and what they're going through accurately. Um, because otherwise like you don't do the story justice and you're kind of cheating. You're cheating the characters. You're cheating the story. You're cheating the readers.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and it's, 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 it's rude. <laughs> so as like... A, you,
3: as the go DM, ahead. it's my responsibility to inflict that on your character. So,
2: Right. <laughs> and put them in terrible situations. Um, yep. That's, that's how I think about it. Um, and so I, I guess maybe just my perspective on it has shifted um I don't I don't think about it in terms of me putting my characters through these things I I it's just it's shifted to the what I've already said like mm-hmm. that that's helped a lot that's helped a lot mm-hmm. um there are lines that I have drawn um there is a specific character he's a he's a protagonist in the trilogy we're currently writing and he'll be he's he's actually my the character that I'm playing he's my character's dad um and i guess this is kind of spoilery but like there was a line that was like he's he's not dying like actually both of her parents they're not dying like they will be in mortal peril but like and they maybe they'll get dismembered i don't know but they're not dying because there, there's a trope um that i want to subvert and i still <laughs> what i what i want to play with is how do we subvert this trope and still give the character enough you know uh I guess, oomph, to move forward or still make the story meaningful. Um, and that trope for me is the, so we are, is everybody familiar with the, uh, the hero's journey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, so like Luke and Obi-Wan in star Wars, um, it like Obi-Wan dying. It's that trope where the master or the, the, you know, the the mentor figure figure has to die in order to spur the protagonist on. And, I hate that. <laughs> okay. With, like with like just, I just, I, maybe it's one of those things that for me now is just too painful. And that I will, I, at least in this story, I'm not going to put my characters through that.
4: Okay. Maybe
2: in another story it will happen and will will um, but I, I like, it's a weird, it's this weird feeling like a, a foot put down. Um, and uh, I don't know if I can like super explain it, but yeah, for for this story anyway, like that—that's not happening. I'm 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 open to characters dying if that's what happens in the story and if it serves the story. Um, there is a there are a couple though that I'm just like, yeah, they're not dying. And if you kill them, I will not forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's
0: interesting that we've come so far in storytelling, uh, that it is so common. For parents and mentors and teachers and all of those things, for them to have to die in order for the story that you are being the rebel by not killing them off,
2: right, right. And so <laughs> I think that that like it's almost like a game. In, in this, start to look at the meta a little bit um, instead of submerse, sub, submerse, sub submerging. There it is, submerging right. myself into like the flow and the story. And and um, yeah, just playing with like, okay, that's not an option. Then how do we still make this a compelling story and interesting? And then all of these reasons why people say, oh, this is a necessary part in the story. It's like, okay, how how are we going to get her there instead? Or mm. them or whichever character it is.
0: That's really interesting. It's a fun I have game to-, to play. Yeah, it really is. That's some, uh, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm going, Could I do that? Could I? Mm -hmm. Wow, I get flashes of—I don't know. This is an obscure reference, but um, in the L word, when Jenny took uh, the writing classes, the 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 writing teacher, like I get like this flash of her going, "Okay, now here's what I want you to do." Mm -hmm. You know, and that like, (laughs) oh shit, damn it, Jenny! (laughs) Damn it, Jenny! (laughs) That's a good point. um and but no i admire that i think that's i think that's really incredible that's very cool that you've made that choice i
1: i don't know what you're talking about the last campaign i ran only two of the characters had dead parents whose deaths were <laughs> the jumping off point for why they were adventuring i don't, I don't I... only
2: two blinded. two out yeah. of six two, two two out of eight out two of out of eight. eight okay yeah. a quarter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I you know what though? I think no, we could we we, we could put Thorn in there too. So three of eight.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I to I totally was like lazy as hell and basically gave my character the Luke Skywalker story. Yep.
2: And- <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I actually, because I've been reading fiction my whole life, um, and Jacob, uh, when we when he w- got on board and we started writing this together, he was talking about he kept talking about tropes. And at first I would get really defensive, but I was like, <laughs> you know, I like every beginning writers writing is special. And, and obviously there's nothing new under the sun, but still don't put me, don't, don't put me in the crowd. Like, don't try to categorize me blah, 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 blah. Um, and, uh, you know, so he had to remind me, he's like, this is not a criticism. Like, this is just like, every story has tropes. Every story has patterns. We all fall somewhere. And so throughout the last like two years, um, it's been really fun now um, identifying the tropes and then deciding, do we want to lean into them or do we want to subvert them um, or just let them be, um, mm-hmm. let them play out. And one of the tropes that, uh, well, uh, the the trope that we're for sure subverting is the, the death of the mentor, but the the trope that we're leaning into is called, uh, Jacob was the one who told me about this, is called, Our Elves Are Different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we have been, I just, it's been so much fun. It's just been so much fun making, you know, we've got some, some of the elves are, you know, the typical, they have some of the like Tolkien ish kind of vibes. Uh, but then other elves are just like, like so far off the, 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 I think the typical representation, representation of elves that I just like, it's just so much fun i've I've (laughs) had a blast playing with just diversifying the elves
0: oh yeah i love taking characters that everybody thinks they know and just like making them completely different i think that's why i gravitated towards drew hayes's work uh when Mm. he was alive and doing poison elves because they were so different from like tolkien elves and things like that that we've seen before they were like these heavy metal tall long eared kind of weird and it was just like it was so much fun to like See elves in a different light.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Was that was
2: really
1: cool. Yeah, that that was sort of like the orcs for mm-hmm. not for wizards, where uh, they they went in like expecting it's like oh no no these guys are like in the process of like setting up their own government and trying to be peaceful with their neighbors and you know learning to farm and they're like wait then that means the elves are the bad guys and I'm like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
4: mm-hmm.
0: shit. Now, what do we do? <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not just walking XP anymore? How do we <laughs> do that?
1: No, you had to learn all about orc politics and clan Kobolds politics. are people
0: too. Right? <laughs> I need that on a shirt. Uh,
1: <laughs> I, I'm always so a fan of. Stop talking to my XP.
2: Right? Right? Oh, that has been an interesting <laughs> turn for me. Because first campaign that i played with jacob it was very there wasn't a lot of negotiating it was just like uh, what's this someone in our way i guess we're fighting them um but also because i grew up playing a lot of video games a lot of rpgs and so Mm -hmm. that was kind of just how i felt like i was i guess i'm gonna say it this way that's kind of how it felt like i was programmed right Mm -hmm. it's like oh they're they're in your way and then you know final fantasy the screen like and then there's a fight um, yeah. Once the, once
1: the cutscene gets introduced,
2: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And so that's kind of how I treat D and D for now. This playing is like complete. If she can talk her way out of uh, a conflict, she is actually morally obligated to, according to her deity. Um. And it's just been really interesting playing that way. <laughs> it's completely different.
1: That's cool. Reminds me of yesterday when we were playing and uh wanted to know whether or not we could talk to the the animated scarecrows. Right. <laughs> One of the Hi. players was like, Hey, can we can we talk to them? I was like,
0: I'm just thinking like,
1: Yeah, that's uh that's not a that's not a thing.
0: <laughs> no, they I believe my response was you can certainly try. Yep. You yep. mercered them. <laughs> I mercered them.
2: I did. <laughs> That's so funny because, like, I I feel like that's just a. I mean, I love Matt Mercer. Uh, something DM say because I feel like Jacob's been saying that for years.
0: Yeah, no, it's not yeah. original
2: to Mercer by any yeah. by any it's means. My, it's my favorite DM line though. It's like, can I do this? Like, you can certainly try. <laughs> sure, let's let's roll and see what you get. Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> he
3: added the certainly. I never said that.
0: Yeah. Ah, okay. Oh, that's that's okay. the difference. It's the adverb. <laughs> okay, oh, the dreaded oh.
4: adverbs.
3: Usually with a shrug, yeah, that really feels it.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Then, then the the indifference is what scares them.
2: Yes, I can uh, can attest as as somebody who's only ever been a player. <laughs> Just like oh wait what. Uh Oh no! Yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: fun ways to scare your players. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well. Oh yeah! Back in the old, I remember fun ways to scare your players. We, you know, uh, in person had the map rolled out, drawing out the <laughs> the the room, and um, I placed a large black dragon in the the middle of it. And these were first level characters, and it so immediately <laughs> you, they're like, "What?" I'm like, all right, so that represents the, the statue of a dragon. And then we went from there.
4: <laughs> oh, boy.
3: It's, that's
1: sort of like the uh, playing the opening of uh, the, the Horde of the Dragon Queen. It's like, first of character, you're running along, and there's an adult green dragon flying overhead. And it's like, ah. Uh, Excuse me? I'm going to go back Ryan. and be a dirt farmer. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, have, I have made a mistake. I should be back on the farm, digging out potatoes or something. Right?
2: I mean, (laughs) uh, I, there was a, a, a BBEG that Jacob has been throwing at us uh, at the beginning of, uh, no, not at the beginning of this campaign, beginning beginning of part two of this campaign. And a couple of our players, it just went right over their heads. Um, So Jacob is amazing at homebrew. And he also loves wizards. And so this BBEG, who is, as far as my character is aware, is out to, uh, shows up and then uh, casts two, was it level six or level seven spells? One level six, one level seven. In the same turn. Ooh. And my character and the wizard, the party wizard, are like, we should leave? We need to run? We cannot fight this. I think we were level nine, eight, nine, and we were like, we, we, we're we, dead. Like, if this guy continues to fight us, we will die. Uh, and the two of our other characters were like, what? We'll be fine. And they charge right in and off on trying to fight this guy. And we're like, oh, my God. Please leave. And I, I don't know. Jacob can... I, It felt like Jacob had mercy because the character decided to, or the BBEG decided to to leave. I don't know why, but our party was spared.
3: That's that's the campaign we're currently in, so I can't tell you why.
0: That's true. Oh, okay.
2: No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. (laughs) But it was definitely one of those encounters. We need to run. We need to run. And then later, Mm -hmm. one of the characters was like, when are you going to feel like we're ready to fight him? It's like 20th level.
4: <laughs> maybe. We'll maybe
2: yeah, maybe. Because... When the
1: wizard has <sighs> when the wizard has the staff of power, the paladin has the holy avenger.
2: Yes, and right? now yep. I'm, yep. I'm
1: rocking the hand of Vecna. Yep. <laughs> both of those characters just, left. And,
5: and just when you think you have it all figured out, you realize, oh crap, B B E G scales with us. We're fucked.
2: Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, you
0: don't
3: know that is. he's the uh, the the big bad or an evil guy. So
2: mm-hmm. that's
0: even worse when mm-hmm. you
2: think <laughs> this is a bad guy and it might not be. No, he's no, he's. I mean, to to my character, definitely an antagonist. She's directly opposed. So whether his alignment is evil or not is irrelevant. <laughs> Because my character is technically not good, so it's fine. that's fine. <laughs> oh geez. Goodness gracious. I mean she's not evil. She's neutral, but <laughs> what
0: cool. makes uh. a man
1: go neutral?
0: <laughs> <laughs> exhaustion. Uh. That's what makes you go neutral.
2: Oh, so many <laughs> levels. So many levels of exhaustion.
3: Oh, that was a that was a good combat. The guy that could inflict levels of exhaustion. Oh
2: no!
0: <laughs> so, have you found yourselves using gaming terms and and terms that you use in your book in everyday life yet? Ooh. Oh, um,
3: I've asked people if they grok things, but
0: oh yeah, absolutely. Well, Geek yeah. point for that, by the way. Heinlein yeah. reference. That's don't get those too often
2: right i i like that that is such an amazing word and the the meaning of it it was like as soon as somebody explained it to me cuz i actually actually haven't read those books um but uh one of my friends was explaining it to me and i was like oh my god like how how is that word not more i don't know popular pervasive like everybody should be using this word
0: seriously it's it's a very good word <laughs>
3: I don't know if this counts, but our uh, welcome mat says uh, "Welcome to our home." Roll for initiative. That was from Crispin.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I've seen that mat a couple of times, and I keep looking at it, going, "We really need
2: that." I I love it so much; it just makes me smile every time. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, you you need those little things. Uh, So far as like terms that we use in the book, like (laughs) Jacob and I will do this thing where, well, I don't know if Jacob does this as much, but um, I have definitely started doing the Harry Potter thing where with our elves, because they do have such distinct personalities, um, even as like the separate cultures. And so I'll look at something or we'll watch something and be like, ha, that's totally the Fie scene or ha, that's totally the lie scene or, you know, something like that. And i be like, Oh God. Well, <laughs> the- <laughs> I-, I know, I know. I think that that's cool
0: i I spend my entire life looking at every person that i I encounter in person with and deciding what race they are so it's right
1: <laughs> race from d and d just, yeah yeah but, oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah what what <laughs> what background they are from d and d thank you thank you for correcting my language i'm old um
1: I just let's <laughs> get canceled
0: right we yeah. do not need to get cancelled <laughs> 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 um but uh yeah no i do that all the time people come into my shop and i'm like that's an elf that is totally a gnome <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: all fun and well until the troglodytes roll in
0: yeah, that that happens too. A few orcs here and there.
1: <laughs> I don't stop by that often.
0: <laughs> you're not an orc. You're a dwarf. Come on. <laughs> I
1: I have the requisite beard. Yes, I
2: do. Yeah. I think I do that more with classes than than with the the different like races for D anD D because like uh-huh. my personality. I mean, we all have our like our. Right? The ones that we, we love, know and love. Like Jacob is a wizard. Um, uh, my first character was a rogue. I love rogues, and my second character, not second character, uh, Rogues and Rangers, you know, the the um mm-hmm. just more Dex based characters. I pretty much will not play a character that has a low dex. <laughs> gotcha. I haven't done it yet. I haven't I haven't been able to make myself do it yet. I've I've been playing with um uh, making different characters with different dump stats, and then playing that in character, because um, that that's been a lot of fun. But I have not managed to get myself to sacrifice decks yet, because for whatever reason, I'm like that has to stay.
3: That says about me because my current character is a sentient banana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I I was
5: gonna.
3: You I, had my curiosity. Now you have. Now you have my attention.
0: Well, there we go. Uh, you, you need to elaborate on this, sir. Oh,
3: well, I mean, he was the last of his bunch. The rest were eaten by gorillas, so he's on the run. Uh, he also wants revenge, but it's kind of a double-edged sword because he's running from him, but he also wants to get revenge. And uh, he, he's, a, he's got uh, arms and legs because otherwise that's kind of difficult. But he casts Mage Hand and floats around by using it to hold himself up.
2: Yeah, this is not a medium-sized, medium as in the, the, the D&D size category. Like, it's not medium-sized banana as in human-sized. Like, it is a small, tiny creature.
3: <laughs> His name's Mr. K for potassium.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> a geek point. That's, uh, wow.
4: Take, I didn't even see two. that
0: one coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: I I I will date myself. My first D and D character was an elf.
2: Oh, uh-huh. when elves were classes.
1: When they were both your race and your class.
2: Oh obviously. my gosh! Crazy. Wow. Those <laughs> were the days. Oh no. oh yes. And then Jacob and explained Thako to me, and I'm just like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. I confused. Jacob has tried like three different ways, I think. It's like
1: well, I not, I not. It, 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 in comparison <laughs> to having to check one of however many charts to see whether you hit or not, <laughs> Zacco was like just it was revolutionary. Um, you know, it's just like, oh, you you, you you wanted to be able to teach kids how to use a slide rule. I mean <laughs> 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 they, they, kept, they kept prohibiting us from using it in the, the student code handbook when I was in middle school and high school. I had no idea what that was.
0: You weren't allowed to use a slide rule? we were like testing. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I was like, did the school just like ban them? Like what? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, it kind of went out like the abacus. Yeah, we, no, we really should bring back the abacus. God damn it,
2: I call it the phone because <laughs>
5: <laughs> I, I re- remember how our teachers told us we'd never have a calculator with us wherever. Yep, yep,
0: we yep. My, I <laughs> <laughs> yep.
5: I guess My teachers I guess, told that me that. Take that, <laughs> Mrs. Johnson.
2: Yeah, <laughs> 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 oh goodness, oh yeah. Oh,
1: the world has changed, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. so you you all are, are getting together playing face to face.
3: No, we, we play online. Uh, one of the okay. players is in Alaska, We've got a couple okay. in uh, well, I'm you know, we're in California, a couple, um, one to the east, one uh, in Arizona.
1: Oh, okay, because I was gonna be jealous there for a moment, <laughs> right? Yeah, we I mean, I, least... go ahead. I was just like. I occasionally, especially being, I'm, I'm, I'm a paid DM from time to time. Like nice. I do get to like sit down and play in person with people, but like my, the, the our regular home game is now all online because folks have moved to like Seattle and Atlanta.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We started an Avernus campaign and uh, the first, few handful of those sessions we got to play in person again which was felt so good um I just the but the 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 website that we use now it's it's really nice uh, it's called like forge or foundry something like that but the they they have you, you can roll the dice on the screen and believe mm-hmm. it or not it that helps so much
0: that really <laughs> does help
2: I, I miss rolling my shiny rocks, but at least I get to watch shiny rocks roll.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that is uh, when I know we, 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 we name drop it all the time, but like when D and D beyond added the ability to,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, to actually see dice roll. Like, I think the whole, the whole gaming group switched over. Yeah. You're doing that. And, and then our, our friend Greg still has problems with, rolling anything above an 8.
0: Oh
4: no.
2: Yeah. But oh gosh.
0: that's the only thing about digital dice you cannot threaten them and or punish them.
2: I know, right? You're like, I will put you in
0: jail.
1: <laughs> I will get out my other set. Well, that's <laughs> it. Greg Greg goes in D&D Beyond because you can have different sets. Oh, he goes he goes and changes his his dice sets when when they start failing. He's like, "Up oh, the 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 healing potion dice aren't working so now I'm going to go to the fuzzy dice and there oh. are pink fuzzy dice on D&D Beyond
2: That's amazing <laughs> That's great
1: <laughs> But they you still can't like cuz I when we used to play a person and he would just I will show I will take you to the oven when we get home
0: Yep <laughs> Let it look at the oven and tear. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Sort of like dice lasagna. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I saw somebody on it. It was probably TikTok that was doing like, you know, I'm doing a craft project and I'm going to make this like cool resin tray. And they poured like an entire tray full of dice and poured resin over it. And I'm sitting there going, no!
4: Those are perfectly good dice.
0: Why? (laughs) Oh. Why? The realization that not the entire world values these as we do. Right.
1: Let's be fair. At some point, somewhere down the road, they're going to be taking a pick to that, trying to get out the
3: dice.
4: Get out the dice. Ice could
3: the new currency after the apocalypse. Right. <laughs> yes. oh, oh, my goodness. Goodness.
0: <laughs> There's a few people I know that are gonna be really rich if that's the case. All right.
2: <sighs> <sighs> I mean in fallout is bottle caps, why not dice? There you go.
3: People will be scrounging for boggle games just for the strange <laughs> lettered dice. <laughs> oh man.
1: When when I was a, when I was a kid. We're playing D D and then like there'd be family game night and we'd open up they'd open up the Monopoly box and it's like Joseph where 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 are the dice? Oh me go get them out of my dice bag. Oh Uh, that is that is a
0: geek point for kid kid fun.
1: (laughs) Well uh just to be respectful of folks' time. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Let's uh, let us go to the big
0: board. Sorry. You just said that just as I started to yawn. I apologize, it's speaking of time. Um, okay, so big board. This was an interesting evening for us. Um, I think we were so wrapped up in conversation that uh, we probably didn't award as many geek points as there were cool stuff. However, the ones that did get recorded, um, interestingly enough... The geekiest award for the evening goes to Jacob with six. That's
2: right. Ooh,
0: nicely
2: done, <laughs> sir. Back Yay! Da, da, da,
0: da. <laughs> <laughs> you are the geekiest, Joe. Tell him what he's won.
1: Well, uh, as the geek is, it's your obligation, requirement, privilege, honor, and something else I usually say, which I responsibility and responsibility. To let folks know uh, where you would like them to find you online, if you would like them to find you online. The floor is well, yours.
3: Yeah, so our website, worldofirda.com. Erda is URDA, and that is the main website, but we also have social media, same handle, uh, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. The only one that's different is Instagram. Which is has a one in front of it, and that's because when I tried to register it for Instagram, they told me no. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> and now, and now that username is blocked. Goodness. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> we do have a Patreon. Uh, we're looking to make this more of a uh, ability to do more. Uh, what is it? More invest more time into this, as well as pay for things like artwork and pay the editor. Oh yes, uh, with with the Patreon, will be things like uh, lore that we're uh, developing, as well as some of the maps that I make for our online game, and some maps and you know that I don't make for the online game or that don't make it in, and and there's some other things as well. Bonus but articles. Bonus articles, yeah. Uh, Chris could probably uh, expand on that. So I'm drawing. Blank, but yeah, that's where where we can
0: be found. Okay. Uh, I totally just followed you on
2: TikTok. <gasps> yay! Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's
0: gonna be under my company name, so you'll see Secondhand Goddess.
2: Ooh, I love it. Thank you. Love it. You and and can see
3: our dog on TikTok. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Puppies. That's,
3: that's, <laughs> yes, she is a puppy. She's three months. Oh well, my
0: goodness. Yeah three months old oh, puppies I, uh, I love puppies i don't think we're going to have a puppy anytime soon but i love puppy
2: yeah
3: she was chewing on a paper towel roll earlier
2: yes yeah, she was oh my goodness yes yeah, she was <laughs> and i was so in a meeting so i couldn't take it away from her oh no oh,
3: No, i mean during this conversation
2: oh, oh really
3: just... <laughs> nice
0: We have, uh, we have an older girl, but she's a lab and, and, uh, labs are kind of puppies forever. Yeah. Um, So she's still like pulling things out of the recycle bin and, and finding weird things and shredding boxes. Like it never ends.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful.
1: (laughs) And, uh, Kristen, is there, uh, any uh, other than, uh, the world of Erda, is there anywhere else folks can find you or is that the hub?
2: Yeah, that's all through the hub. Um, I do. um well i do like i'll be making the videos and stuff obviously we're creating the um i i had a couple of other social media but i'm just not i'm not really running them anymore okay um so yeah just uh, everything's going into world of order it's a ton of fun we're just having fun there and the more the more the merrier right absolutely yeah all
0: right very cool we look forward to uh watching you guys progress
4: yeah.
2: Thank um, you.
0: And and hopefully we'll be able to talk to you again as you hit your milestones and find publishing and all of that fun stuff. I can't wait.
2: Yeah. Yes. That would be, that would be awesome. And I look forward to, uh, you know, uh, tuning into your guys' podcast too, because this Yay. is a great time. So obviously the rest of the episodes are going to be amazing. Uh, well, uh, mm-hmm.
0: most of them. <laughs> <laughs> It depends on how we were feeling that night. Um, <laughs> I, I,
1: I will say the B. Dave Walters episode is really good. The James Intercastle episode is really good. Yes,
0: yes. They are both very, very good. Uh, Dragon, Dragons and elves and shit is probably my favorite. Ooh. Uh, that we, had, we have a friend who uh, has a, a PhD
2: doctorate in,
0: uh, yeah, in fantasy literature.
2: Oh, my God. That is right? so much. No, see, people think I have a cool major. But I would so much rather have a PhD in fantasy lit.
0: Right? Isn't that insane? Yeah, go listen to his episode. It is. Oh my god.
2: (laughs) Sounds amazing.
0: Yeah. He's he's a super cool guy.
2: (laughs) If I wait a minute, I feel cheated. I didn't even could major in that. (laughs) I I didn't either till I met Dan.
1: Actually, I believe Dr. Dan's, I think it's in it's in a comparative literature, but he focused on
0: Fantasy literature, yeah,
1: yeah. But it,
0: it- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. He is such an incredible dude. We have to have him back on on, on again. His wife also has a similar degree, and the two of them are amazing.
2: Um- <laughs> so cool! That's so cool. Uh, for sure,
0: yeah, so Check them out. I definitely um, will. You guys have been an absolute gem to have on the show. Thank you so much for oh, joining thank us.
2: You. So glad we could be here.
3: Same. Yeah. Look forward to, to doing it again.
2: Hi, I'm Kristen Blair Horn. I am the co-author of The Bell and the Bow, set in the world of Urda. And next, you are listening to the geekiest podcast. And up next is Geek News.
1: Well, that was, uh, that was great to talk to Kristen and Jacob. And now it's time for the Geek News. Week news there's a new star
5: trek series coming oh oh not the way you think oh uh earlier this summer idw publishing revealed that their new ongoing star trek comic series will be headed by co-writers colin kelly and jason lanzig the series will feature a collection of fan favorite characters like captain Benjamin Sisko, nine brand new ones embarking on a new adventure such as, as such, uh, Jackson Lansing has, has announced that IDW's new Star Trek series will be a direct sequel to the Deep Space Nine television show. Whoa. (laughs) Uh, this new comic could answer questions that Deep Space Nine fans have had since the show ended. Uh, if you will recall, and uh, spoilers, I, I, I don't know if we need yeah, to no. deal with spoilers for Deep Space Nine.
0: If um, you don't know, sorry. What are you
5: doing? <laughs> we'll, we'll pause, pause, and go go watch the entire series. You can find it on Paramount+. Plus.
0: There you uh, go. Come not back not, to
5: not it. a sponsor, but, you know, could be. Could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at the end of Deep Space Nine, Captain Sisko is embracing his role as the emissary. Uh, Taken in by the wormhole aliens, Gul Dukat was not. (laughs) uh, The exact fate, uh, the exact nature of Sisko's fate was left kind of open-ended as to whether he was physically in the Celestial Temple or just his spirit. Uh, now, apparently, in the new in the comic, Benjamin Sisko has returned from the wormhole with a task from the Prophets. Cool. I'm going to have
0: to check that out.
5: Uh, Jackson Lansing posted uh, a, a post on Twitter. Why don't they make a Deep Space Nine sequel? Well, date we're going in. Star Trek number one, Benjamin Sisko is back with a new crew, a new ship. A new mission and a new mission from the prophets. Um, and based on the artwork in this tweet, it's going to be more than just Cisco. Uh, it looks hey. like Data is there, and uh, I, I would hesitate to say Admiral Beverly Crusher. Ooh, she done got I promoted. Will Post, there you go. Cool, and I, 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 I'm i digging the fact that they're bringing Andorians in. Yeah, That's pretty cool.
0: That looks awesome. I'm gonna have to check that out.
5: Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm kind of digging it. Yeah, I like the ship. Very much looks like the Enterprise E.
1: That is true. Yeah, it does. It's
0: definitely Sovereign class.
5: Dito. Geek point, sir. Go ahead. <laughs> there you go.
0: Joe is really good with the classes. I I I mix them up and he's he's pretty good at knowing which one is which.
5: so let's take a look see here. Uh da, 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 da. Okay, apparently it is not the Enterprise, it is the USS Theseus.
1: Well, I hope they uh Hope they take that against a minotaur, cause then they'll win.
5: Uh, the that is also a key point. Of the USS Theseus begins October 26, 2022, and we'll pick up where D Space Nine left off over 20 years ago. Yeah, oh, there you wow. go. I feel old.
1: Thanks. <laughs> mm.
5: <laughs> that, yeah, that, that hurt yeah, didn't
1: that it. Right in the chest. Oof.
5: That hurt, didn't it?
1: Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, um uh, now that my lower back is hurting and... It just reminds
5: you to take your ibuprofen in the morning, sir.
0: Uh-huh. Hang on, I gotta push- go pee.
5: 800 every morning. they will do just fine. <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. John Cena has extended his record. I saw that. That is so cool.
4: What record uh, is this?
5: We, well, I'm about to get to that. Uh, say what you will about John Cena. Uh, there are you. Some I can't people see them. Who are. See, the, the joke is there. It just never gets old, does it? I think I, it I think just it,
4: did.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that was the last <laughs> one.
5: Okay. Uh, John Cena has had um, differing viewpoints on geopolitical situations. Uh one thing that you cannot take away from him is the fact that uh he does love doing make a wish. Loves it a lot. Yep. Uh he has pushed his uh make a wish wishes granted to a record that I don't think anybody's going to come close to doing. Mm. Uh, John Cena has now done over six hundred and fifty wishes. Wow! Uh, by the way, John Cena, Guinness Book of World Record holder.
0: Or the wishes?
5: Or the wishes?
0: Ah, okay. I was a little slow on the uptake there. Sorry. Um,
5: he has reached six hundred and fifty wishes. Uh, he last hit his major milestone of 500 wishes seven years ago.
1: Slowed down there a little, huh?
5: Just a bit.
1: Yeah, I, I, you can't, like you said, you can't take away that he is definitely, you know.
4: Well,
5: say with good I, heart,
1: heart uh, not for nothing, but.
5: To go from 500 to 650 in 7 years, that's 21 wishes a year. That's one every 2 weeks. Yep.
1: That's pretty, pretty damn damned cool. impressive. Oh, it yeah. is. It
5: is. And considering everything that he's doing
0: around yeah, he's the world. Yeah, he's like he's been doing a lot of movies and stuff lately. That's pretty cool. So, congratulations, John. That's great.
5: We are very um, proud of you.
1: Keep up the good work, sir.
5: Queen Elizabeth II, the former queen, uh, it has been announced the final honorary knighthoods that she bestowed before her passing.
1: Oh, wow. Did I make the list?
5: You did not. Damn damn it. However... Bob Iger, the former CEO of Disney, was on the list, as well as the final knighting by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, bestowed upon Honorary Knight of England, Mr. John Williams.
0: Oh, wow okay that's cool I
5: mean, john williams has been awarded a knighthood one of the final honorary awards for foreign nationals approved by the late queen elizabeth ii before she passed the schindler's list and harry potter and star wars composer was honored for his services to film music, film music as one of her one of two of her majesty's final knightings uh again bob eiger was the other um so congratulations to mr williams who is now 90 and has scored countless films including jaws superman et indiana jones uh the aforementioned schindler's list harry potter and more and more and more uh the London Symphony Orchestra, who recorded the original soundtrack for A New Hope under Williams, tweeted their delight to the news, quote, Such wonderful news. Congratulations, John Williams, KBE. What an honor to be the last knight of Queen Elizabeth II. The orchestra added, we shall raise a glass during today's performances of Return of the Jedi at Royal Albert Hall.
0: <sighs> I mean... Oh. How cool! Oh man, I've always wanted to see the the, the Star Wars orchestra play.
5: Uh, oh. Williams sadly is set to retire from scoring films after completing his work on the upcoming Indiana Jones five.
1: At least we know it will sound good. <laughs>
4: i guess okay.
5: At, at, okay. if nothing if nothing else it will, it will have a decent score
0: yeah oh geez uh
5: and my last little bit uh have you ever wanted to be an action figure yes i mean
1: of course
5: uh you now you can Uh, Back in July, Hasbro revealed that it had partnered with the 3D printing company Formlabs to allow San Diego Comic-Con attendees to create a custom action figure with their likeness. Availability was extremely limited, but today Hasbro, uh, and this, by the way, has, uh, this was today as we were recording on uh, September 26th, Hasbro has revealed that anyone who can order their own, quote, selfie series figure uh, starting this Friday, the day after this podcast is released on September 30th, collectors who have always wanted to immortalize themselves as a six-inch action figure can download the Hasbro mobile app on either Android or iOS and use it to order a custom selfie series figure. As you can imagine, placing an order is not as easy as just buying the new figure, given customization involved. Ordering is being limited to the Hasbro mobile app for the simple reason that anyone wanting this selfie series figure needs to submit headshots. And as all modern smartphones include front-facing cameras with enough resolution to easily capture the images needed to create a 3D model, The ordering process requires at least five headshots to be submitted, including a required front view plus several angled shots from the left and right with even lighting, nothing obstructing the face, and using the same facial expression in every photo. The ordering process then then requires customers to make uh, several decisions, including selecting a hairstyle that best matches one of their, their own from one of 50 different options their hair color, their facial hairstyle from one of 14 different options, and then what action figure they wish to be. And those choices include Stormtrooper, X-Wing Pilot, Leia, Mandalorian, Black Panther, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Black Widow, Red Power Ranger, Pink Power Ranger, Snake Eyes, Scarlet, Or a Ghostbuster.
4: Mm.
0: Oh
5: my god. They are going to get swamped. In July, Hasbro specified a $60 price tag for the Selfie Series figure, but today the company announced they'll be slightly more expensive at $80 a piece, but will still include packaging tailored to the figure type selected. Uh, What hasn't changed is how long it takes for the submitted photos to be turned into a 3D model and then 3D printed. Delivery times start at 45 days from the time of ordering, but that could change as demand increases up to 60 days. Yeah. Yeah, that server
0: is going to crash.
5: Yeah, you may want to go download that app. Like,
0: Fast. Oh my God. this okay. And with the holidays coming, that's insane. So I'm now just,
5: you two can be an action figure.
0: I, I, so, so
1: my, my wonder at it is also like when you, do you submit your pictures, is there like an automatic thing that's going to tell you whether or not your headshots are acceptable or not? Like, this is the, this is the question. Like, or am I going to be sitting there waiting? And then it's like, one day I'm going to get the email going. We're sorry, the lighting in your headshots was not uh, the same across all of them. You're going to need to resubmit.
0: I would. I have seen other apps that need headshots that will tell you right away if it's a viable shot. So I would guess that if they're smart, it's going to critique the messages they're taking. Oh,
1: I I I when I was driving for Uber and Lyft uh and for Uber Eats, every couple of weeks they would get a oh, we need to we need to determine that you are who you say you are, so and like if I had my glasses on, I'd have to take my glasses off. So yeah. I mean, I know I know it exists. I just
0: let's hope they're using it.
1: Yeah.
5: Well, not for nothing folks If, if you need to have it, If this is a thing That you absolutely must have And you are worried about it uh, This is not an endorsement An advertisement in any way But go over to Walmart Buy yourself a $5 ring light You can find in the electronics section They come with a little stand That you can put your phone in the middle of And that way you have nice Even coverage and lighting Yeah they're like five bucks at Walmart. Not that's expensive. super smart.
1: Yeah, and, that's uh, super smart. Bring Light, we are available for sponsorship. Just
5: uh... Gigi's Pod across all the platforms.
4: There
1: we go. And doesn't check. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, we that, are going. That is to... all I got. We're going okay. to excuse Will for the remainder of the show because it's late and he has to be up early because he is a super dad.
0: Super dad.
1: Da, 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 da. So will where can folks find you online?
5: Uh you can find me at Geekiest will on Instagram and Twitter and onlyfarmers.com. Uh no, just kidding. Not not on onlyfarmers.
1: Um any any uh, conventions that you can be spotted at anytime soon?
5: Uh no. Okay. Nope, I've got, I have nothing on my calendar yet.
1: All right. Will, we love you. Go get some sleep. Yes, that is where I'm headed now.
0: (laughs) Night-night, love you, bye. Night-night. Okay, you first or me first? Why don't you go first? I go first. Okay, I have just a couple of fun things. Um... Let's start with. Uh, I think we talked about this briefly before on the show. Um, Disney is doing a live-action Atlantis uh, movie.
2: Did we talk? Sure we f- talked about this.
1: I don't think we talked about it. I think this is one of those. Uh, you were, you were, you're screaming into the universe
0: that it that- needs to happen. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, it's happening. I- <laughs>
1: I, I remember because I think I might have sent you the, the the
0: link. Yep. Atlantis, the Lost Empire uh, is in early development at the moment, following the huge success of Disney's live action remakes uh, of their animated classics, such as The Lion King, Aladdin, and with more on the way, including Robin Hood, Mulan, Peter Pan. They already did Mulan. Peter Pan it's not surprising to hear that Disney is now turning their attention to Atlantis The Lost Empire according to the Illuminerdi which I didn't know that was a thing and now I need to find out everything about it. The movie is now in early stages of development nothing much more is known about the live action film such as cast or crew or if it will be a theatrical or Disney Plus release Um, but that's what we have so far so it's coming. We are going to try to pay attention to its progress as it goes along and let you guys know what's happening. Um uh, speaking of TV series, uh Blade Runner 2029 um is going to be a TV series. I
1: think, I think it's another one that we've lightly touched on, but mm-hmm. is there um, any details?
0: There's a little bit. Um, Blade Runner is coming to the small screen thanks to Amazon and Ridley Scott. A new TV series will be set 50 years after the movie sequel Blade Runner 2049 and could even feature the return of Harrison Ford. Uh, So far, the TV series was first. hmm.
1: Okay. So 2029 would be.
0: 2049.
1: Twenty forty nine would still be after the original? Yes. But not like I I'm I'm Harrison Ford is like 70 at this point, isn't he? Seventy something.
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: I mean I know they have the technology to to de to de age and all that stuff, but
0: Yeah, it's it is is a consensus within the Blade Wonder universe that uh he's a replicant now.
1: Yes, but even in the the, the Blade Runner sequel that came out a few years ago, this was was an elder uh, Harrison Ford.
0: Yeah, I'm assuming they're just going to CGI him. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So the Blade Runner TV series was first announced in late 2021 with Ridley Scott himself revealing the plot that he had written. Uh, it was then confirmed further in February of 2022 with the report that Scott is executive producing the project with Amazon Studios and that he could even direct some episodes. Amazon has since announced that a full series has been greenlit to appear on Prime Video. The original Blade Runner, directed by Ridley Scott, is considered one of the greatest and most influential science fiction movies of all time, and we're excited to introduce Blade Runner 2029 to our global Prime Video customers, said Amazon Studios head of global television Vernon Sanders via, via Variety Magazine. Um, As full production is yet to start, it is unlikely to hit the small screen until at least 2023. However, we'd we'd suggest 2024 is more realistic. Uh, so yeah, we don't have a whole lot other than that, but Um, let's see, what else is there? Uh, As well as Scott, Silka Louisa will act as executive producer and showrunner. She is also the showrunner for Shining Girls on Apple TV and worked as a producer on the Halo TV series. Also acting as an executive producer is Michael Green, the writer of Blade Runner 2029. Now that's fun.
1: That is fun. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the show will be set 50 years after the last movie and feature a provocative storyline that Silka has create has create created. Wow! Why was that word so hard? <laughs> the 1982 original was based on Philip K. Dick's novel *Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?* This pretty much all that's pretty much all we know about the series so far. We don't yet have a cast list or further plot de- details. Although Giant. A uh, f- giant freaking robot has reported that Harrison Ford himself is in talks to return as Rick Deckard once more for the TV show. So that's all we got. Next up, um, it is the end of an era. Um, and this one actually, like, caught in my throat when I first read it. Uh, James Earl Jones. Yeah. is retiring as the voice of Darth Vader and has signed over the rights to his voice. Yeah, he is
1: uh, He is 91 years old, so...
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Vanity Fair reports that the actor has signed over the rights to his voice to Lucasfilm so that they can continue to use his voice... Using new AI technology, Matthew Wood of Lucasfilm said that the actor wished to keep Vader alive. Wood went on to say he had mentioned he was looking into winding down his particular character. So how do we move forward? We all know that this is going to happen. Jones isn't going to be around forever, but with the help of AI technology, his voice will be. It's kind of cool that Jones came to Lucasfilms wanting to make sure that his voice, the voice of Vader will live on after he is gone. So, I'm, yeah, that's. Yeah. uh, That hurts. That hurts. I mean, I get it. And I think that it is so incredibly noble. That he himself, without being prompted by anyone or being approached by Disney or Lucasfilms or anything like that, went to Lucasfilms and said, It's time for me to retire, but I want you to keep using my voice. I think that is
1: Yeah, no, that amazing. is amazing. Yeah, it, you know, because listen, no, sh- no, no, no shame to the folks who took, who, who took, who have taken over. Kermit or Ernie for the late Jim Henson, but you can hear it. It's
0: not it's not
1: quite the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not the same.
1: So um, to 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 be able to digitally have your James Earl Jones Vader voice that's pretty good.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's really, really cool of him. Yet again proving uh how wonderful and noble that band is. Um oh, yeah. and, and we could talk for hours about the accomplishments of James Earl Jones outside of being Darth Vader. Um but not tonight. <laughs> no. No.
1: But if you want to know, just uh look up anything he's ever done on Broadway because yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a lot more to James Earl Jones than uh Mufasa and Darth Vader. Oh. Yeah. You know, oh. He has had an incredible career.
1: Yes. Yes. But again, we could do a whole show just about James Earl Jones and how awesome he is. And, and I'm
0: totally down to do like a tribute show to him.
1: No time no time soon though because we don't we don't need to do a memorializing. Sir.
0: You yeah, you just you hush. Um Erase, 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 erase. The universe did not hear that. Um, nope. So that's all I have for tonight. Well,
1: I guess that leaves me to back cleanup. Yep. Uh, I will start off with a, in memoriam, if you, are, if you followed the uh, Geekiest Pod's Facebook feed uh, this week, uh, you would notice uh, the other night I posted up Uh, A uh, a a announcement that Louise Fletcher, Academy Award winner for Nurse Nurse Ratchet and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, passed away Friday uh, at the age of 88 uh, in her home in France. Um, for those of us who are geeky, uh, she is more than just Nurse Ratchet. She is Kai. Win, Adami.
0: The villain we love to hate.
1: You said it correctly, child.
0: Ooh! Every time she called Kira that I wanted to punch her! There is There is something I respect so much about the talent that it takes to play a villain that you absolutely hate, and she did it so well.
1: Absolutely, uh, for for a brief thumbnail sketch of this uh, talented actress, she um, she started acting early in her life, uh, and then basically took two decades, give or take, off to raise her children, um, and then she went back to acting uh, in the early mid seventies, she was offered a role, uh, the part of nurse ratchet in uh, the Michael Douglas produced one flew over the cuckoo's nest. And, and I saw a quote from her that when she was reading the part on the, the first day after signing, she realized this role had probably been offered to plenty of other actresses but no one would take the role because you just you just don't look good being the villainous um, <laughs> for her part. And, and just to to let you know what a powerhouse this movie was, it took the big five Oscars in 1975. Uh, best Picture, Best Director for Milos Foreman, Best Adapted Screenplay. Best actor for uh for Jack Nicholson and best actress for Louise Fletcher. Um and then Miel Foreman uh made a joke backstage saying, Well, now that we've done this, uh, we have nothing but flops ahead of us. Um, and sadly, the next film that they all did uh that, you know, not did together, but d- the next films that they did afterwards, not the most successful. Um for her role as Nurse Ratched, uh, according to the American Film Institute, uh, her character f- came in number five, uh, behind uh, Hannibal Lecter and the Wicked Witch of the West.
0: Wow. That is a prestigious lineup.
1: Um, absolutely. And uh, in 2020, uh, I know we watched this. Uh Ryan Murphy of uh American Horror Story and Glee, which is that those two are from the same people, just disturbing. Uh, there was a TV series, Ratcheted, uh, that kind of tells the early life of Nurse Ratchet.
0: It was very good.
1: It was, unfortunately, it didn't get a second season. So
0: I know that sucks.
1: Um, so yes, uh, She walks with the prophets now. Yes, Uh, she does. She does. (gasps) Oh! So, Marvel's first family, the Fantastic Four, uh, we all know is now part of the MCU, and writers have been now attached uh, to the project. Uh, Kevin Feige and uh, Matt Shackman Uh, are currently focused on finding actors to play the lead roles, Uh, but it's said to uh, that they are getting Jeff Kaplan and Ian Springer to write the script. Okay. Uh, Yep. Uh, The duo uh, worked together on an upcoming uh, Warner Brothers title project, Disaster Wedding. Uh, We don't know anything about Uh, the Fantastic Four movie. No synopsis at this point because, hey, they just hired writers. Um, But it is a highly anticipated project uh, because, uh, again, as I said in the opening, the Fantastic Four are Marvel's first family. Uh, You just have to ask or listen to anything Stan Lee ever says uh, about Fantastic Four because it's really what took... Marvel Comics, which I think at the time might have still been uh, weekly, um, to uh, the prominence that it is now in. Uh, and hey, just because you just hired a writer uh, in 2022 doesn't mean you can't give a uh, uh, a target date for this movie to hit theaters. Uh, Fantastic Four is set to hit theaters November 4th, 2024. Ooh. Got a little bit of time on that one.
0: A little bit, but for a big production like that, that's a fast timeline.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you uh, think about it. I mean, you're going to get. You have to do principal photography, and then post production.
0: The post production's a bitch on these, but Feige is attached to it, so I have hope.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, before I get into my next thing, I, I just wanted. We had brought up at uh, during the interview uh, that we have been remiss in mentioning the incident report. Uh, kickstarter campaign uh there are seven days remaining on it uh so when you listen to this there'll be three days remaining on this um like them. they yes uh they are already at their goal uh they pass, surpassed their goal of uh dollars. they're at 2591 <clears throat> um they have 75 backers which i know is a big thing for them and uh yeah, we will have the we will have the link to their Kickstarter campaign in our show notes. Uh, please go and support them. And if there's any way you can send them a message, just let them know that the Geekiest Pod sent you because yeah. we love we love our friends at Editor Media. Hell yeah! And there is the Star Wars series Acolyte. The Acolyte will be coming. Soonish. Um, trying to find. Uh and more information has been uh released uh about uh about the show. We know the plot. Uh we know the title of the plot for the acolyte, aside from the title in first, uh involves uh Star Wars lore. Um it is the acolyte is a term for a disciple of the dark side of the force. Uh, usually that would be a Sith apprentice. Uh, so that seems to be the impl- implication, uh, but nothing is fully confirmed. Uh, behind the scenes, we know that uh, Leslie Headland is on board as writer and producer. Headland's most famous for her hit Netflix series, Russian Doll. Uh, but she's gone on record saying she is a Star Wars superfan. Uh, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy said about Headland and her Star Wars credentials. Uh, Leslie is a gigantic Star Wars fan. What's wonderful about Leslie is she knows it all. I mean, she's read gazillion books inside the EU, uh, the expanded universe, for those of you un- unfamiliar. We're not talking about the European Union. Uh, there are little bits and pieces that she's drawing from that no one has explored yet in the on screen storytelling. Uh, as a fan of the EU and as someone who has read the EU, let me just give Miss Headland a round of applause.
0: Woo! Honorary geek point.
1: Yes. Uh, aside from Headland, Lucasfilm has yet to name any other writers or directors. Uh, casting wise, uh, we only have four lead characters cast for the acolyte. Uh, they have cast Amanda Stenberg. Recently seen in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is the lead role, Uh, Jodie Turner Smith uh, uh, from Queen and Slim. No, Slim. Sorry, uh, is likely to join her playing the male lead. Uh, Is Squid Game, Squid Game star Lee Jung Jae, uh, in his first major role in American production, and uh, Manny Jacinto from The Good Place uh, was most recent addition to the cast. Uh release date has not been set yet, but hey, they keep doing these things pretty well. So
0: yeah, super crazy, man.
1: Um, we also learned recently that uh Spider Man director John Watts was leading a new Star Wars project. Uh, oh. at the time the, yes, at the time the series was still going by its code name Grammar Rodeo. But during the studio showcase panel at Star Wars Celebration, Lucasfilm and John Watts shared a little bit more about the series. This includes its title and a pretty big name star.
2: Uh,
1: The name of the the series is Star Wars Skeleton Crew, and the star Jude Law. Uh And it will be arriving. On Disney Plus in 2023. Oh shit. Okay. Um, we even at D23 Alrighty, they, uh then they 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 even did uh, that's they, a, they, that's
0: a big name drop.
1: Yeah. Um and think about it this way. Man, being part of the Disney family means Jude Law who appeared in Captain Marvel. Uh you can go, hey, Jude, while you're here, want to do a Star Wars movie? Okay. Um, and I will, sh- I will share in our chat the uh, image that they uh, released at D23. Hello. Okay, Okay. Uh, and what we know is it's set during the Mandalorian timeline. So this sets it after the fall of the Empire, after Return of the Jedi. Uh, the series follows a group of kids on an adventure. Specifically, it's a group of kids who get lost in the galaxy and must find their way home. So this very much sounds like a Goonies-esque adventure in space, and we're here for it. We don't know who Jude Law is playing, certainly not one of the lost children, but it wouldn't be too surprising if he's a villainous figure. Given its setting and the immediate years following the Empire's destruction, there's always a bunch of baddies running around.
0: Um, I don't so. know if I want more to see him as the bad guy or as like the dad. I think it would be I, interesting I, either I, way.
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely either way or you're right. It is going to be interesting. Um, I could see them setting it up like, yeah, if they were going to Joe, we would like you to produce and write this for us. I would do like the first season. Like get the kids to trust him, and like he's gonna help them. Fu- and then you you get like the last episode of the of the first season, and then it reveals like he's like a founding member of the uh, First Order or something, and the, he's gonna try to get trick the kids to come with them and turn them into stormtroopers.
0: We're going to uh, put a pin in this and remember this for posterity because you're pretty good at predictions. And we're going to come back to this when it comes out and see if you're right. Um, and one last OK,
1: we will. And one last thing, <laughs> okay, uh, thing for me. Uh, I am a fan of podcasts. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious, um, but I am not just a person who makes them. I also consume them. Um, and Batman, The Audio Adventures uh, has announced a uh, second season of uh, shows. Uh, and the reason I bring it up is because Batman is voiced by Jeffrey Wright, uh, who you may remember from, uh, the most recent Batman films playing commissioner Gordon.
0: Okay. Yeah. I have not listened to this yet and I need to. Yeah.
1: Um, there, oh, there's another one. Uh, what was the other Batman, uh, Batman Unburied. I think it was what it was called. And it was, oh, so good. Um, but I, 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 yeah, Batman Unburied uh, was the other uh, really good Batman podcast I listened to recently. And uh, yeah, there's, there's some really good audio drama podcasts out there. Um, maybe that's a section we need to, uh, maybe we need to add as a, uh, a, a segment of the show.
0: I would love to do some more exploring of, of those kinds of things. I was always a fan of, like, the 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 radio dramas and stuff like that. So something yeah, we need to look some, into.
1: Yeah, because there's, like, Batman 85. There's uh, Batman Dark Knight, the audiobook. So, yeah, there's some good stuff out there. So just uh, that's where we're at. So... Uh. Kay. Yo. Where can
0: people find you on the internet? Oh, okay. They can find me at um all sorts of places. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at hawk underscore kayla. You can find me on Instagram at geekiestkayla. You can find me on Facebook at Jade NSF Wizards. Um, You can find me... Uh, Of course, through the Geekiest Podcast on all the socials. Um, You can find me if you're in the South Florida area and would like to check out our awesome, very geeky, very witchy, very fun, very uh, proud. How do we say that? Uh, Very safe um, shop. Uh, Second Hand Goddess is in downtown Davie at 4148 Davie Road. Uh, we just got in a bunch of really cool stuff. So if you're in the area, we'd love for you to come check us out. If you cannot check us out in person, uh, you can check out secondhandgoddess.net uh, where we try to put stuff up on the internet as often as possible, as well as uh, my uh, fun, geeky, uh, witchy, nerdy merch site is uh, as well. Um, as always, you can find me here hosting the geekiest. Um, and I think right now that's it. Yep. Hey, Joe. Yes. Where can our fans find you on the interweber
1: nets? Well, if you are on Twitter, you can find me at Demorgus. That's D-E-M-O-R-G-U-S. Uh, you can follow this podcast across all the social media channels. Just go to the Geekiest Pod. Um, so that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, you can find me as a DM that you can hire from Mindflayed Mondays. Uh, if you would like to hire me for in person, you must live in the South Florida area or be willing to fly me to international locations and pay for all my stuff. Um, or, or we can do this online, um, soon, uh, we're going to be offering a, uh, kind of a, uh, think think like convention style game where you pay for a seat at a table. Uh, you may not know everybody, but if you're a single person who isn't looking to hire someone for your group of friends, you just are looking for a game to jump into. We're going to be offering that soon. That's uh, super cool. Soon, by soon, I mean, it could be this week. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, I know Kayla didn't mention it, uh, and, and there's a reason. Uh, Not Safe for Wizards has... We have, we have aired our final episode for the time being, um, so if you would like to listen to the entire Winter Dawning campaign, plus several really cool uh, Not Safe for Wizards Presents one-shots, um, please... Uh do go and visit the channel. We are very proud of the work we did there. Uh, the story we told, characters that that my dear friends inhabited. Um, but uh I made a promise to them that if the recording got in the way of us being friends playing D&D, the recording would go away, and I am a man of my word. So uh just think we are still playing, um, just for our own enjoyment. Um, but uh I I, I I do have permission to to promote this, to mention this. Um if you like Alex from Dungeon Dummies, Dungeons and Dummies, or Jeremy from Dungeons and Dummies, or David Tilstra from uh from the Afar podcast, or you like Morgan Duty from Mindflayed Mondays, or you like me, um The five of us, plus uh, a a group of uh, a couple guest players, which will include one Kayla, uh, are going to be kicking off a new podcast kind of soon. So uh, right now, there's not a lot out there. But if you are on the social medias, I think especially Twitter, uh, check out Keep It Dicey. Uh, That is going to be the name of the podcast. Uh, it is a very interesting approach to play, um but I won't spoil it for you, but just uh, know that um, we are we are combining our creative forces to uh, to put something out there f- to entertain. Um, also, I don't know the time yet, but uh, if you watched the extra life live stream we did for the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles, you'll know that we Hit one of our goals. So there will be a part two to finish the adventure uh, being run by Morgan Duty. So, uh, and we hit a couple of goals. Uh, Jeremy from Dungeons and Dummies will do a one chip challenge. Now, if you watched the first one, you saw David Tilstra do the one chip challenge and then nearly die. So just saying.
0: Yeah, if you're looking for something fun and creative, uh, this group of weirdos is incredibly talented um, weird. I, and weird. I love all of these guys, and I'm not just saying that because one of them is my partner. Uh, <laughs> they are they are really super cool, very creative, very intelligent uh, individuals who, when they come together, absolutely create magic. And I highly recommend checking it out as soon as it comes out.
1: Uh, so as always, thank you, by the way, um, as always, uh, Kayla and I had COVID over a week ago, you know, uh, you know, we had it for about two Anybody weeks. Anybody so.
0: can get it. We are, you guys have heard us preach four years now and we are so careful and we still got it. So please, please, please. Yes.
1: Uh, wash your hands, wear a mask, sanitize your hands. Get the booster. Get the bivalent booster. Like Please. yeah, it, it it's it's free. You can go get it. Um just take care of yourselves because we got that out there. Flu season's gonna be starting soon. Just get your flu shot too. Hey, how about that? Get a flu shot as well. Um, as always, this podcast believes black lives matter, trans rights are human rights, love is love, their body, their choice. We thank you for listening this week, and we look forward to talking to you next week or, you know, when we get back to recording again.
4: Bye!
1: And uh, as, as the sleepy Will would say if he were awake right now, leave the world a better place than the way you found it, kids. It's important. Hey there, listener. Before we get out of here, just want to uh, ask you to do us a little favor. Um, two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, Leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be, share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. Uh, That would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.